the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I'm glad you could be here with us today. I'm the minister of the North Valley Church of Christ up here in Cave Creek, Arizona, right off of Dynamite Road and 54th Street. Um, th- today, you know, I want to talk about something that's pretty big in the news right now. Everybody knows about, always, well, maybe not everybody, but if you turn on the news or something, you probably heard about uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. with this confirmation hearing for Brett Kavanaugh, I think is how you say his last name, Judge Kavanaugh. And he's a, you know, with all intents and purposes, he looks like, you know, the stellar guy. He he looks like a good fella, great family, everything seems good. Of course, you know, you got you got partisans, you got politics going on. So you have one side who's just out to get him, the other side they just want to put him in. And um, just recently, the other day, a lady came out with um, an accusation against him that he has sexually assaulted her 37 years ago. Now, I want to talk about this. Uh, I know that there's a, a lot of folks out there who who say that uh, women are oppressed and um, in, in our culture. And, in, and I think, I'll be, I'll be honest, I think there is room for that. That's true in, in many cases. But this uh, Me Too movement is extremely dangerous. And I'm not saying dangerous to the power of men or anything like that, but it's destroying democracy. Over and over again, I'm seeing people losing their jobs all based on an accusation. Just an accusation. I I remember years ago, during the Republican uh, primary, Herman Cain, he was the... uh, Founder or co-founder of Papa John's uh, Pizza, and I liked him. I was gonna, I was gonna vote for him. That's the guy I wanted. I remember his uh, tax plan. He would, he had that real strong Southern twang. He'd say nine, 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 and uh, I liked it. I liked the stuff he he uh, said. And man, he got attacked left and right. And then three ladies came out to accuse him of sexual assault. Uh, the case kept building. Well, like, I shouldn't say the case was building, but uh, they kept putting that in the news cycle over and over and over again. Eventually, he he pulled his name out of the um, uh, primary race. And you know what happened with those ac- accusations? You can even look it up. Well, not even just a few weeks after he pulled out, all the charges were dropped. That was it. Nothing. Nothing ever came, because there was no evidence. There was nothing there. And then today, 
I mean, you can't even have a month go by without someone somewhere being accused of sexually assaulting a lady, just an accusation, and then they lose everything. Now, are some of those accusations that against some of these people true? Yes. I mean, clearly. But even when it is true, they should not lose everything until it is proven in the court of law. And that that is very biblical. That is very biblical. And so I want to talk just a little bit about that. Let's start by talking, uh, you know, I was going to start here in uh, Deuteronomy, but I, want to, I think I want to start over here in Matthew first. In Matthew chapter 18, in verses 15 to 20, Jesus is talking about discipline. And he's talking to Christians, and he's talking about sin. Okay, now, what do you think? You think God takes sin pretty seriously? If you're a Christian, if you profess to read and study your Bible and, and fear God, then you know, yes, God takes all sin extremely seriously. And so should we. And so Jesus says, Matthew 18, starting in verse 15, If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. In private. Okay, so this is you just trying to help them correct it. If he listens to you, hey, you won your brother. Verse 16. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that, and then Jesus quotes the Old Testament, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. What he's saying there is simply, it has already been loosed in heaven. Now you're loosing these things on earth. I don't want to get into that. Uh, but I bring that up because Jesus, even with that situation with sin, he look look at all the steps to try to get this guy to make things right with the Lord. All the opportunities, and then the first, after the first time when you try to correct him and he refuses, bring witnesses so the facts can be confirmed by not just one but two or three. And he quotes that from the Old Testament. That's in Deuteronomy chapter nineteen, and I want to read that for you. Um. Well, it's, it's really, it's in, I think it's verse 15 or 16, but let's start in verse 14. You shall, this is Deuteronomy 19, starting in verse 14. You shall not move your neighbor's boundary mark, which the ancestors have set in your inheritance, which you will inherit in the land that the Lord your God gives you to possess. A single witness shall not rise up against a man on account of any iniquity or sin which he has committed. On the evidence of two or three witnesses, a matter shall be confirmed. All right, now, that's that's good. Now, will there always be witnesses? Well, no. No, not, not always. And so, what happens? Well, let's take a look. We keep reading. In verse 16, if a malicious witness rises up against a man to accuse him of wrongdoing, 
Then both the men who have the dispute shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who will be in office in those days. Okay, so there they are in like a court setting. You've got the priests and you have judges, multiple men, and the Lord. Verse 18, the judges shall investigate thoroughly, and if the witness is false, is a false witness, and he has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him just as he had intended to do to his brother. Thus you shall purge the evil from among you. The rest will hear and be afraid and will never again do such an evil thing among you. Thus you shall show no pity, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Okay. Over the course of the past year or so, this Me Too movement has come out and just accusations are just flying. Some are true, some are false. The ones that are true, the men uh, who are being accused, they go to jail or they, they, something. Whatever, the justice is being served. To the ones that were falsely accused, who have lost their jobs, their reputations have been hurt, they've lost so much because of an accusation, what's happened to those who accused them? Nothing. And so the movement keeps moving forward getting bigger and now and according to Deuteronomy that's evil you're allowing the evil and it's not afraid to keep keep doing this hey you know what I don't like this person or I don't like so so all I have to do is accuse them and if I can get that out in the media they're done for that is evil and it's also not democratic it's, it's, that's not the way our democracy is set up. We, our democracy is set up in its judicial system, just like you see in the Bible, because we want folks to have fair justice. As that saying goes, innocent until proven guilty. But boy, man, that hasn't happened. That has not been happening lately. Not at all. They are not thoroughly investigating these things. And I'm not just trying to harp on this Brett Kavanaugh thing. It's all of it, and it's really what's happening in our society. And we Christians that are out there, we need to be standing up for the truth. Just as Jesus said to his disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now there, he's talking about the truth that he's speaking, and it's going to set them free from the power of sin and death. But we should always be champions of truth, even if that truth hurts us. Always tell the truth. Don't ever lie. Don't ever deceive. Let your yes be yes and your no's be no. Hold to truth. And you, you, you'll live long, I think. I mean, not, not in the general sense, I think because of a, the, 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 the sense of, of no shame or guilt within yourself. You know, I want to I want to look over at Ephesians chapter four. This is something I was talking about on Sunday morning. Turn my Bible over there. I want to read the passage to you. Jesus, <clears throat> Ephesians four. I want us to kind of focus in on verses seven to sixteen. But I want to start. I'm going to start in verse one, just so you can see it building up. Let me read this passage for you. Paul writes, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance 
for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Now, let me just kind of briefly go over this. Paul is dealing with a congregation that's taking on some false teachings, and he's trying to help them to get back on the right track. And one of the main things is, just as he had to deal with the Corinthians, it's unity. They are one. They're they're not recognizing the oneness that they have in Christ. Because when those of us who are Christians, we, we heard the word, we believed that truth, the word, we uh, confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. We repent of our sins. We are baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, raised up into that new life. When that happens, God adds us, takes us, and puts us into his Son. Because as I've mentioned here on this show uh, multiple times, there's really only one man going to heaven. Just one. Did you know that? There's only one man who's going to go to heaven. It's not you and me. We don't deserve it. Only Jesus deserves to do go there. Now, obviously, he's he's there. But I'm talking about because he came down here in the flesh and lived out as a man. But he did it perfectly. So he's the only one that would deserve it. Now, how do we get to be part of that? He's given us a way. We are baptized into Christ. And God puts us in him. And now, once we get in him, we have to... Uh, being part of his body, we have to do the things that the head of that body tells us to do. So I've got to die to self, and I've got to live for Christ. The spirit of Chris has to go away, and I have to take on the spirit of Christ in this now one new man. And all, all throughout Ephesians up to this point, Paul has been d- discussing this one new man. And in verses 7 to 16, he gets to some of the specifics and some of the gifts that he's going to give to the body so that we can have this kind of unity. And I'm bringing this up because this is what we are losing here in our country, our unity. We are no longer unified in anything. We have the same problem that the Corinthians have. Remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says, what are you doing? You are divided. Was Christ divided? Some of them say, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paulus, I'm a Cephas, I'm of Christ. You're divided. And you can't be this way. If you're in Christ, the body doesn't attack itself. But that's what they were doing. Partyism. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a conservative. I'm a liberal. I am this. I am that. We are so divided. And it's the vitriol is getting even worse. There is no more discussion. There is no more good debate. It's just my way or the highway. It's attacking now. Here's why unity is so important. How God keeps the, uh, has helped the church keep that unity within the church. Verse 7 of Ephesians 4. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now, this expression, he ascended, 
What does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Why? Verse verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. That's a lot. I mean, clearly, we're not going to be able to get to all of this in today's program. But I want you to, to see something. So he, uh, that in that verse 8 there, when, it's, when Paul quotes from the Old Testament, when he ascended on high and he led captive a host of captives, it's this imagery of a general coming in home to his home city, and he's just won the war. He has all these prisoners, and he's giving gifts to his lieutenants, and he's giving gifts to the people. Christ won the great war, and now he's giving gifts to men, those who are in him. I said, I'm going to give you gifts. And these gifts that he's giving us is for the building up of the body of Christ so that we can be a more mature man, as opposed to that verse um, uh, 14 of being children. Children are immature. We want to be mature. Maturity brings us to unity. Immaturity causes division. And so, we need to be mature. How are we going to do that? Well, he gives gifts. Apostles. Here he's talking about the apostles that Jesus sent out to spread the word after he ascended. The twelve. Paul's included in that. He's talking about those who went out with the word and that, the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit and laying their hands on folks. And that's what he's getting at there. Uh, prophets. I think here he's talking about the miraculous prophets from, this is the New Testament era. We don't have miraculous today. But whenever you read the word of God, the utterance of God, you could say you are, you're a prophet because you are receiving a revelation from God by the apostles. But what I want to emphasize is these last three, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I think teachers kind of goes along with both the evangelist and pastors. This is what they're both supposed to do. Now, the evangelist is the person who goes out there spreading the word. This is the preacher, right? That's what I am. We're the ones out going out there spreading the word and building up the body of Christ. Pastors, which are elders or the overseers, like we have three here at the North Valley Congregation, they also teach, and they're encouraging the body of Christ and trying to build it up and seeing, too, that we're all one in Christ, holding fast to the word of God. We are to do this. For how long are we to be out there uh, equipping the saints? Verse 12, equipping the saints for the work of service, building up the body of Christ. Well, we do this until all attain to the unity of the faith. Unity 
of the faith, the things laid out for us in Scripture, the doctrines. We have to be unified in these things. And are, are we striving to do that? Oh, look how divided our country is. Look how divided the church is. And some of you may be thinking, well, we're, we're not divided. Really? What, what is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1? Paul's beef with them was, I'm a Paul, I'm a uh, Silas, I'm a Cephas, I'm a Paulus, whatever. All these people have different groups. They've, they've got a partyism mentality. You go out there today, what do you have? I am Baptist. I am Methodist. I am Catholic. I am this. I am Church of Christ. Even that, no. Nope. That is not what Christ wanted. That's not what God wants. He wants simply Christians. Where is it at? And it has not just any old Christian. It's got to be those who are unified in the faith. The, ones, the, the, the faith that he laid out for us here in his word. We are not to take away from it. We are not to add to it. And yet, so many do. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. That word knowledge there doesn't mean just facts and figures. He's talking about having an intimate knowledge of the Son of God. We, kn- we get to know him. We need that. That's what I strive to do for the, the men and women here at North Valley. And here, here's the next part. To a mature man. That's someone who grows up. A mature man does not bicker and argue and, and do things that are uh, immature. We are a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We're not a mature man as in the standard of the world. Um, we're a mature man in the standard of Christ. We're comparing ourselves to him, striving to be and look like him as we continue to die to self and live for Christ. And yet so many have a hard time doing that. And if we do, as a result, verse 14, then we're no longer like children. We're not easily tossed to and fro but based on whatever's in the wind or whatever's in the media or whatever uh, uh, people may be saying out there that may be false teachings. Because if you're mature, you're armed with the truth. If you're armed with the truth, you recognize error and you're going to be mature. Verse 15. Now, we don't, we're, not, we don't get, we're not part of those things. We're not part of the being tossed around by the trickery men, the craftiness of deceitful scheming, but we speak the truth in love. The truth being the word of Christ. In love means we, we speak this truth because of the sphere of love that we are in, in Christ. Christ died for us. We recognize all that God did for us in his son. And in that love, because of that, we are now out there speaking that truth. We're not holding it back. And we are to grow up in all aspects into him, the head, Christ. That's where we get everything from. Think of that one new man, that one body of Christ. Christ is the head, the church is the body. And you can call these gifts, the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, the elders, the, the, uh, the pastors. These are the vital organs, as Guy Orbison put it once. These are the vital organs. And if any of these vital organs shut down, the body dies, right? Think of the, the pastors as the beating heart of, the, of the, lo, that local congregation. If the elders fail, if they stop being what God intends them to be, and they start having heart murmurs or, or heart issues and getting clogged up with cholesterol, proverbially, you got heart issues, the body suffers, right? 
And if the, the heart stops functioning all com- altogether, what happens to the body? It dies. Let's call the evangelist the, the lungs. You, you, got, you got to breathe. You got to uh, speak. But if you're not breathing properly, if you're putting garbage into the uh, lungs that, that don't help it and makes it difficult to breathe, the body suffers. And if you stop breathing altogether, you're not speaking any of the truth, what happens to the body? It dies. The imagery of the one new man and vital organs of these gifts, that fits. It works. We all are being fitted together. We all have a purpose in the church. God has given us some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and some as teachers, but he's also given other talents to each and every one of us. We have something that we can do for the church, some sort of talent that the Lord blessed us with. How can we use that talent to the benefit of the church? Uh, It's like that, going back to our country, it's like that great quote from uh, JFK. Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And that's the way people ought to be with the church. Oh, what can the church do for me? Oh, no. What can you do for the church? Because look what all God has already done for you in Christ, who is the church. Look at all he's done. Shouldn't we want to do something? Whatever talent we may have, whatever meagerness we may be able to offer, it doesn't matter. Even a cup of cold water. Give it. Do it. And you'll be blessed. And the Lord will bless you for that. And it's all about building up the body. Because I'm I'm no longer Chris. I am now part of the one new man. And I want that body that I'm a part of to be strong. Because I'm in that body. I'm part of that body. Given to me and you by Christ. By God in Christ. And I want it to be strong. I want it to be unified. And I'm always going to be a Christian first. But I do love my country. And I it, it, it bothers me to see what's happening. To see... Uh, how so many groups, just for the sake of having a little bit of power for a short time, are willing to sacrifice so much of our country for it and to destroy the unity we once had. Folks, let us grow up. Let us mature beyond these childish things being tossed to and fro all over the place. But let's hold fast to the truth. Let's give due process. Let's consider both sides and give, let them give their arguments and consider the evidence presented to us. Just as we as Christians do with the word. We look at the evidence. We weigh it. And we make a good decision. Think on these things this, this week. I appreciate you uh, listening, staying here and listening with me to uh, this afternoon. Please read the Bible. Pray. Think about maturing always, not only in your, your, your life here in our country, but in your Christian life far more and what you can do for the church. Thank you very much, and may you have a blessed day. Bring it out. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.